Welcome to the College Football Bros. Mail time. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. On today's episode, we are going to answer the questions you sent in uh, on Instagram and Twitter, so we appreciate that. If your question doesn't get answered today, we've added another mailbag episode, which is going to come out in a few weeks because we got so many questions. So thanks again for that, and let's uh, let's get right into the questions. So Ryan, this first one we've given to you, it's from yep. T-Real Sugar Shane, and he asks, top five offenses next year? Yes, yes. This was an interesting question. One to th- it's a tough one to think about. To me, there was uh, three that you just have to have up there. Um, and then the, after that, it was like, ooh. So number one, I had Alabama. Uh, okay. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, I had Georgia. Uh, number four, Tennessee. And five, Ole Miss. So a little faith in the the Jackson Dart and uh, Lane Train there, but... And Hendon Hooker's coming back for Tennessee. Josh Hyde, we were pretty darn good this year, so I think they could take another step. So I don't know what you guys think of any that uh, maybe I snubbed out. I mean, that top three, I feel like, was was right, especially the top two in either order. Yeah, I feel Ohio like you got to have Ohio yeah, State I, yeah. and Alabama. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I and, like and, Tennessee, too. Yep. They're going to be good. Yeah. Yep. I think a lot of people don't. They also like Georgia returns a lot on offense. And so I, cause like this year you didn't look at Georgia and be like, oh my gosh, their offense is just incredible, but they return a lot of pieces and they're going to be, have some confidence next year. So I don't think it's unreasonable to have them there. Uh, I think if you want to kind of go dark horse, top five, Louisville uh, should have a, a, yeah. a high powered offense and then maybe even wake forest again. Yeah. I thought about putting wake there. That was, they were, they were pretty close. Yeah, I think BYU is going to have a really good offense. And Oklahoma, if Gabriel, yeah, they're up there. USC, I don't know if 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 Lincoln yeah. Riley will have them clicking quite that high, uh, but Caleb Williams gives you a chance. Michigan, I hope see if Michigan had they were, keep got them yeah. pretty much improved last year. They return a lot. Yeah. So yeah. Texas, if if uh, Quinn Ewers can <laughs> Ewers. can be the guy right away. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. No doubt in the Big Twelve. Yeah, but happen. like you, but like you said, Mike, there's like kind of like the top three that you're like okay they're gonna be in there no matter what but then there's like yeah, yeah. A, a pool of like seven or so that could easily be finishing the top five yeah what, what right. about what about like coastal because you know with grayson mccall like they're well, legit but other than good. grayson mccall they lose so much yeah. so yeah, i, I don't do know about that this past year they could have but yeah i hear you they lose highly likely they, exactly yeah <laughs> All right, let's move on to our next question here, guys. Um, it's from Hammered Sports Kev, and he asks, who finishes with more Big Ten road wins, Nebraska basketball and Nebraska football? And I don't appreciate that question, Kev. I I don't either. It, it's sad that <laughs> it's sad that you actually do have to kind of ponder this, because um, as we sit here today, the basketball team, they don't have a road win uh, in conference, and they have four left. Looks like they're going to be pretty decent, sizable underdogs in all of them, or at least a majority of them. Um, so I'm going to say they get like one max, uh, yep. road win and football. They have four big 10 road games, Rutgers, Purdue, Michigan, and Iowa. Uh, not saying it's going to be easy, but I'm going to take my chances with the football team, uh, in this proposition, especially since there's a chance the basketball team won't win one. 
Yes. Yeah, exactly. You got to go football here. Uh, with with in those games, I think Nebraska is going to be. Let's see. I, I would say they'd be favored against Rutgers. Maybe small dog or pick them against Purdue. Uh, small dog to Iowa, and then big underdog to Michigan. So they'll get. I would hope. I would hope two, but I think good chance they get at least one. And the b-ball teammate winning one. So <laughs> there you go. There's hey. that. <laughs> yep. Just got to win one. All right. Uh, let's get a little more serious. Uh, this is from Deeks1648. Kenny, which true freshman, let me say it again, which true freshman makes the biggest impact this year? I'm going to go with Luther Burden, the number one wide receiver recruit yeah. in the country, number three overall recruit going to Missouri. Um, they've, they're, I would think right now the favorite to be their starting quarterback is Brady Cook. He played really well in the bowl game but uh they still could use a, a big play receiver for sure and you got to think a five star is going to go into missouri and start right away obviously yeah yeah he's going there for a purpose no doubt uh yeah i thought about that one but i figured you'd take him so i went i, I prepared for something else here i'm gonna take nicholas cinders nicholas Sin- wow, wow what's wrong with me it's not even hard name <laughs> nicholas to say Yes, Nicholas Singleton. <laughs> What's the matter with me? Uh, yes, Nicholas Singleton, uh, the running back for Penn State. Uh, he's from Pennsylvania. Um, you know, Penn State last year, they surprisingly really struggled to, to run the ball. The offensive line wasn't very good. So they're, they're definitely looking for a boost in that ground game. And I think, you know, Singleton will give it to him. He's the highest rated running back in the country. Um, they have some good backs there, but, you know, they were there last year. So I think Singleton will kind of be the bell cow there for them and i think i'll do pretty well no, that's that's who i was going to say that because they lost noah kane and and love it from last year so they need him to step up all right this is gonna be tough now i'm i'm gonna say uh, klubnik might not get the job at clemson so i'm actually no, I, I had him on my list that's a possibility he's on my no he's on my list i i just yeah you know what that's true. I, I'm more confident he'll probably <laughs> probably play because I was between him and Aaron Anderson, the Alabama wide receiver. Like that receiver room, even though they lose Menchie and, and Williams, they're still pretty loaded with young talent. So I'm going to say Cade Klubnick, uh, the Clemson. He was the number one quarterback prospect. Obviously, DJ Uyunglele is going to be the number one in the spring, but we all we all saw he had his ups and downs. I think uh, Clemson fans, they'll be itching for a change if DJU shows any negative even if he yeah. has like one bad quarter. Yeah. He was pretty bad all year. I thought about uh, Drew Aller as well, the quarterback going to Penn State if Sean Clifford you know, gets hurt or just doesn't play well. But all right, moving on to the next question. Uh, we've got two similar questions about LSU, so we'll lump those together. One comes from Pass the Damn Ball, and he says, Brian Kelly, over under 0.5 national championships at LSU. And then Carter Glenn Pilster says, Thoughts on LSU this year and going forward, staff, transfers, everything. Every time I see Pilster's name, I want a Pilsner, just like thinking yeah. of having a beer, right? I'm, not, <laughs> I'm sure you thought about that too, Mike. I'm not a big Pilsner guy, but uh, yeah, why not? It's Cerveza. It's Cerveza. Uh, okay. LSU, over under half a national championship. I'm going under. Um I just, I'm not, I'm saying he won't get one. Yeah, it's hard to win a national title. Most coaches don't last five years at their schools when they, you know, get hired there. So, you know, and in five years, it's, you know, to, to be one of the teams that pulls it off and wins it all, that's, that's, that's tough to do. Um, and especially when you got other big dogs like Bama and Georgia 
So <laughs> in their own on your own conference, A and M bringing it. in the number one class. Yeah, A and M. So I mean, like, listen, I think they're going to have success. Brian Kelly's a good coach, but you know they got they got a solid recruiting class. Twelfth rated high school one, third in the transfers. Uh, so sixth overall, it's good. But you know, I think for them to win national titles, I think we'll need to see a better high school class next year, which I would assume they would. But yeah, there's just a ton of competition there. It's tough. Yeah, I'm going under too. I mean, if it, if the question was making the playoff. Then I'd I'd be it'd be a lot harder for me, and I, I might say over because um, I do think Brian Kelly will improve LSU, but it's just it's just so hard to do. I mean, and people are going to say, oh well, the last three coaches there have won titles, you know, Saban, Les Miles, Edo, but but still, like Michael, you just mentioned, SEC is even harder now with the Alabama, Georgia, A and M, and then you know Florida, Auburn, others. It's Texas and Oklahoma when they come aboard. It's just it's tough, and I think we could be seeing even more. I, I'm going to say parody, not parody, meaning like the Purdue's of the world are making the playoff, but parody and of of the kind of elite teams. Because now USC with Lincoln Riley, they could be a threat to to win a title in a few years. Miami with Mario Cristobal, uh, even Florida with Billy Napier, I think they'll improve. So there's just a lot of possible teams that could win a national championship in the next you know five to seven years. That it's hard for me to to say there's over a fifty percent chance that that Brian Kelly will yeah. do it at LSU but how many teams would you say would you go over on though you know in same quite you know that's a good like question Bama? I I yeah, thought of Alabama I would Georgia Georgia I would probably Ohio State I would well what is what's the question the the, the coach there would I go over so I, for Ryan just Day, say program just say which program in the next how many years five five oh, years okay five years let's say five years I mean Kelly could be there longer but five years yeah I think I think just I don't. That's a tough one, right? I'm Bama, Georgia. Maybe just Bama and Georgia. Yeah, that's probably all I'd say. Maybe Ohio State, but I don't think anymore. Yeah, I said running out of championships at that point. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, it's tough. Um, but right, but yeah, Ryan, so I, but I'm, about- I'm I'm with you guys as far as LSU. I'm I'm still optimistic about them going forward. Brian Kelly's a very good coach. Brought in a good staff, a good a staff that's I think is going to recruit very well. But mm-hmm. they were not great the last couple of years, so. Yep. Um, might not happen right away. Like I think this year, my early look at their schedule, maybe they'll win like eight games. Um, you know, if Miles Brennan stays healthy, maybe you know, maybe nine. But I'm looking forward to the YouTube comments on that one, Mike. Well, I mean, <laughs> we had bad comments last year, and <laughs> no, they I didn't know. win so many. But uh, yeah, well. I mean, it's, and this, it's early and this in the first... season. I don't want to be married to that, but I just kind of quickly looked through the schedule, and I was like eight and four. But right. they'll get better right. than yeah. that as yeah. as uh, and they... in time. And he he was asking about the staff, um, you know, the 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 staff. It's not necessarily star studded, but I like some pieces. I, I kind of trust Brian Kelly with the offense. Frank Wilson was the one that stood out to me. He's the associate head coach, running yeah. backs coach. He's a former head coach, of course, and he was the recruiting coordinator at LSU for five years previously, so he's familiar. So there's some pieces that I do like, and it's just obviously the name of the game is going to come down to recruiting for. How he how he'll do? I think he'll do well, but like this upcoming year, you know, gelling all those transfers will be difficult. No doubt. All right, next question we got from Shrew. Top five games you're most looking forward to next year, Trey? What do you got? All right, I'm in, I'm not going to do it. I'm doing it in order of of when they play. Uh, it's hard to narrow down five, and it's so early in the off season. Um, I'll probably become excited about other games, but as of right now, first one. First weekend, Notre Dame at Ohio State, yep. both in the top ten. Return a lot. Marcus Freeman going back to Ohio State. That's a that's a good one. 
September 10th, Alabama at Texas. You know, Alabama, sure, they, they'll probably win this one. But if Texas can show some signs of improvement, maybe we get to see Quinn Ewers. Uh, and it's just fun to see Blue Buds, and they're going to be matching up in Austin. Like, that's a fun game to watch. That's going to be awesome. Yep. Uh, September 30th might help decide the ACC. Who knows? A- NC State at Clemson. Um, they both have a decent chance to be unbeaten at this point. We're going to want to see if Clemson can kind of bounce back off their uh, off their down year, and NC State had one of their best years, and we'll see what they can do. Texas A&M at Alabama on October 8th. We all know the thriller last year. A&M upset Bama. We know how well A&M's been recruiting. Can they you know, do it on the road in Tuscaloosa? Can they offense show more signs of life? That'll be a fun one. And then finally, Michigan at Ohio State. Rivalry week, uh, almost always a must-watch. Don't really need to say more, but there was some added feel this year with Michigan beating Ohio State. That's a good list. Um, the only other one that I was kind of looking at was I, I tend to look at week one just because it's non-conference. No, yeah, I non-conference is fun, unique matchups. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oregon, Georgia with Dan Lanning, you know, going up against his former team. And yeah. obviously Georgia will be a pretty big favorite, but still intriguing. Yeah. Um, Indeed. I liked um for Nebraska's purposes, obviously I'm looking forward to the OU Nebraska game in Lincoln. You know, yeah. OU, they should, Nebraska should have a good chance to win that, or at least, you know, be right there. So that that's a good one for me. And then one Michigan State out UW is kind of my little under the radar, but is Washington Washington bounce back and Michigan keep it going. But Washington likes to play those Michigan schools now lately. Yeah, I'm I'm that's one of the quarterback battles I'm most interested in is Washington yeah. because they've got Sam Heward, of course, the former, I think, five-star, at least close to it. Uh, they've got Michael Penix. Yeah. The, you know, Kalen DeBoer, of course, coached him in Indiana. They've got the incumbent, um, Dylan, Dylan Morris. Morris. So I'm probably missing a guy or two, but yeah, it's crowded. I would be surprised if Dylan Morris was the, same, was the guy. Yeah. He's gone for a full year and he just, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe so. All right, moving on to Yannick underscore CBR, Y-N-N-C-K. What are your expectations for the West Virginia Mountaineers with Graham Harrell taking over the offense? Graham Harrell is trash. He sucks, and West Virginia fans (laughs) should be really, really upset about it. Now, that is probably what you would hear from a lot of USC fans. He had, at USC... Graham Harrell had a very good year one like at that point I can remember on this podcast we were talking about who are the best offensive coordinators in college football and we didn't feel great about it because it was it was only kind of one year of of a a good season at at USC but we we threw out Harrell's name and that quickly changed after the next two years he the offense was not very good so I'm kind of mixed how I feel about him I don't know if it was his fault that the offense tanked or if Clay Helton had something to do with it, I I don't know. But um, I think – so the quarterback situation is not great right now at West Virginia. Garrett Green looks to be the favorite. He backed up Daigie last year, so that alone is is not a great sign. Um, they've got Will Crowder, who didn't play as a freshman. The exciting option is uh, they've got a four-star freshman coming in, but you know he's a true freshman, so who knows if he'll be ready to go. So, and he's they lose Lenny Brown. Though, so. What's that? He's left-handed, though, so he's probably, probably Oh, is he a lefty? Good. All right. Nico Marchiello is a lefty. I like that. Pat White. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I, and they lose Letty Brown, like I just said. So 
We'll see. Uh, maybe he has a year one jump like he did at USC, but I think more likely it's going to take a take a, maybe a year or two to get a system implemented. Yeah, I think that's what's going to take. I think it'll take a couple of years before it moves on. Maybe if Mark Yall can, you know, I think Mark Yall is going to probably come in and be the guy. And just, you know, uh, Garrett Green is really lacks an arm. I mean, he's really just a runner. Um, and Goose Crowder, I don't know, he just doesn't seem to have it. So I think Mark Yall is coming in with a purpose to, to be the guy. And maybe he'll struggle a little bit at the beginning, but, you know, maybe by year two, they'll, they'll get it going a little bit. Yeah, but like Neil Brown might, he needs like this year to be better. True. Just because, so Harold might, you know, it's funny too, Harold, Michael, we were talking about him being plucked away from maybe a head coaching job yeah. after that that first year. But uh, but yeah, I they just lose a lot of production. So he's going to have to sprinkle I mean, some magic there. I mean, Neil Brown did go to a bowl game this year. It wasn't like it was. No, it's not brutal. all doom and gloom, but I'm just, yeah. it was kind of underachieved. Yeah, West Virginia fans, I think are, you know. I wouldn't say hot seat, but it's warm for Neil Brown. He's got to start to show yeah. something on offense. No, for sure. It's like, you know, you got to continue to improve from where you're at. All right. Next question comes from JUV1. He says, what school wastes the most talent? I think Texas A&M takes the number one spot when it comes to wasting talent. Since 2017, the team has had 16 players drafted, zero first rounders, two second rounders, and three third rounders. 16 players doesn't sound horrible, but with the talent they're pulling in, the number could and should be higher. They've finished top 20 in the recruiting class rankings forever, and in 2019, they were number four in the nation. Honorable mention goes to the Texas Longhorns. So what do you think, Ryan? Well, I think those numbers are going to jump here pretty quick um, as far as the number of players getting drafted, but I could see A&M being mentioned in that in that kind of category here. I kind of disagreed with A&M, actually. I mean, I'm not... Okay, I just want to be nice, but like, (laughs) (laughs) well, I'm not going to be nice. (laughs) No, I mean, they're they're tied for 14th in the country the last five years in terms of NFL draft picks, and that's roughly what their average, you know, 24/7 team talent composite has been on average over the past five years. So, obviously, that's going to need to go up, like you said, in in, with the way the recruits have been the last couple years, but. I don't know. Exactly. I think that was a bit harsh on AM. Not on Texas, though. I agree on Texas. Yes, Texas. I it would maybe probably be the number one team in that in that category. Oh, but also, yeah. I'm gonna put have to. I'm gonna put uh at least in the most recent kind of decade, half decade, Nebraska. Um, they always pull in top twenty, top twenty-five at worst classes, and it's been a long time since Nebraska's been that decent on the field. So I mean they they've been wasting a lot of talent. Yeah, I mean Texas is the number one. I kind of looked at it more in terms of just not necessarily NFL, but in terms of kind of their on-field success with, you know, this team like Texas, they've had top five classes and haven't finished near the top five in quite some time. I'll say I'm kind of looking more at the last five plus years and Michael, I had to say USC, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Clay Helton, they started well, but after 2017, he kind of did the rose and then the cotton bowl after that, they only made one bowl game. While they pulled in a couple top 10 classes, uh, they had some good quarterback play, developed receivers, but really nothing else. Yeah, USC, Texas, uh, Tennessee has been up there. Yeah, maybe yeah, Miami. Um, I think Florida State, though, would be my number they were on one. my list. Four straight losing seasons, 20th in terms of NFL draft picks the last five years. And I know the last couple years their recruiting has dipped, but they were top five or six in the team talent as recently as 2020 so they've yeah, uh, one too. massively underachieved no doubt. i agree all right uh next one we got from dk 
Uh, if the NCA put you in charge of regulating NIL, what regulations would you put in place, if any, uh, to keep Lincoln Riley from buying a national championship? Hmm. What the Too heck? Late. Lincoln's buying everyone. What the heck? <laughs> no, I, I'm honestly, I'm going to kind of sidestep this one. I'm not enough of an of an expert, but I, you know, I don't. Overall, I don't have a problem with kids, you know, seeking the right place and getting their worth. The one thing I wouldn't mind, though, is the NCAA or colleges themselves maybe giving like a seminar or a class to all the athletes to kind of what to look for, what to be careful of so that they maybe aren't taken advantage of or if they're not locked into something, maybe how to pay taxes on it, just all other things that they might not be aware of. So nothing specific, but just to help the, the athletes. Yeah, yeah. Education is always good. Um, but I mean, I think Lincoln Riley should be allowed to pay as much as he wants for any <laughs> recruit he wants. And only Lincoln Riley. No, um, I yeah, I wouldn't change much. Just I think finally we have players getting money, uh, and I just I don't have an issue. Well, I guess people say, well, they were getting it under the table. Okay, well, whatever. Now it's it's happening out out in the open, and I think that's good. I think players should be able to get as much as they want because they're not getting any money from the schools or at least not you know a good portion of the revenue from the sport is not going to the players they're they're getting scholarships but that's that's it they're adults if they people want to pay them for something that's legal go for it like you know i there's zero problem with nil uh but i, I like trey's idea just make sure that you have um you know, they're educated on it and don't, aren't taken advantage of. Maybe, I don't know if schools could get like some sort of department within their school of like how to kind of manage through it. Um, but, you know, that that would be about the only thing just to make sure kids are doing okay with it. But I like that. It's also it's also so new. Like in a couple of years, we'll be able to look back and kind of learn from what's been going on. So we'll see. All right, moving on. Pass the damn ball. Asks, which is more likely? Nebraska wins the Big Ten West or Nebraska finishes under 500 again? He knows the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Well, I, we know Ryan's answer. <laughs> I think the Big Ten West is pretty wide open this year. Wisconsin is, of course, I would think likely going to be the favorite. Behind them, there's not much separating Iowa, Minnesota, Purdue, and Nebraska. So that's kind of a lot of teams that have a chance to win it. So that decreases Nebraska's chances of winning, of course. Um, as far as getting to 500 nebraska does only have four road games four true road games they get north dakota georgia southern indiana and illinois at home they avoid ohio state and penn state and michigan state so getting to six seems likely but i'm still gonna say going five and seven is is more likely they've had five straight losing seasons you know all it takes is an injury at quarterback the defense regressing maybe some bad luck in close games that's been known to happen so it it could easily happen <laughs> No. If he would have said it at like four or less games mm -hmm. instead of 500, I would debate it maybe. But this one, no way. This, Yeah, I'm sorry, Joel. This is the easiest question of the day here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they were a top 25 level team last year by the metrics. And like <laughs> Michael said, the schedule isn't difficult. But I'm, I, I also got to say it's more likely they go under 500, unfortunately. Prove me wrong, Scotty. All right. Spartan yep. Ty asks, better recruiting hotbed currently, Florida slash Georgia or Texas? Well, if you're going to combine Florida and Georgia, yeah. it's Florida, Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> like, 100%. You know, yeah, that's that's a lot of talent from those two states because Florida versus Texas just by, in and of itself is a pretty relatively close depending on the year. This year, I'd probably say as far as recruiting goes, Texas is probably maybe a little bit ahead 
But if you just look at the ratings um, from 24-7 sports, I mean, I think it was 48 maybe from from um, Florida and 54 from Texas. You're and talking you four like stars. Th- four stars or above. Four and five stars. Yeah, sorry. Four and five stars. And then you had 33 from uh, Georgia. So, you know, 81 from the Georgia-Florida get, uh, area and then 54 from Texas. But, yeah, if, if just state by – I think Florida versus Texas is the one that's kind of probably – just that is eh, that would be tough to answer agreed yep all right next question from uh jincy jince v jincy anyways um what college football from any division head coach um can you take on in a fight not one i would shrivel down in a corner to all of them (laughs) i now i guess if i had to decide i'll go with maybe the oldest one of the oldest mac brown he's uh 70 not in as good a shape as he used to. I'll just beat him through endurance. Yeah, we answered this last year, and all of us said Frank Solich, but uh, he is he is <laughs> no gone. longer coaching. So, yeah. uh oh, this gets a little tougher. Um, I'm going to say Nick Saban. I, I know yeah. he's whoa stays in good Feisty. shape, but he's he's yeah. five six. He's seventy years old. <laughs> his goat horns. His goat horns might get you. Though. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, like, come on. If I can't beat a five six seventy year old, there's a problem. <laughs> I don't think you could. You don't uh, think so? No, I'm. It'd be close. <laughs> 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 yeah, I also put in uh, Brian Kelly. Just he's old and not the biggest dude. Hey, he's got some good dance skills though. Can... Yeah, uh, Brady Hoke. He's getting up there. I could, could outlast him. Yeah, he's kind Josh of a big Heupel. guy though. Wow, man. Josh Heupel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Leach, come on. Mike Leach is getting pretty old. Yeah, it's easy to distract well. Leach. I think he could. Yeah, yeah. All right, moving on to uh, question from Jeremy. Just general Super Super Bowl thoughts and reaction. Um, were you guys cheering for anybody in particular? I really wasn't. I mean, I guess I was kind of cheering for the Rams. I was pretty neutral. Yeah, I mean, I was cheering for the Rams because I bet him at the beginning of the year. Yeah, exactly. I was, Bowl, so. I was with I had, our, our dad, I, and he had a bet on I the Rams. I was kind of so. pulling. Exactly. But, uh, but I mean, e- either way, like it would have been cool to see Joe Burrow uh, win a Super Bowl. Everyone loves Joe Burrow. How can you not? But it was also cool to see Stafford after just being on terrible supporting cast Detroit teams for his whole career, his first year with a good team, and he wins it all. So that was <laughs> that was pretty cool. Yeah, he made the right move. It's good for him. Um, yeah, it's, Stafford kind of deserved it. Although, what Richard Sherman's kind of talking some trash about him. Is he? Well, yeah. he was just saying people were debating whether or not That's Stafford's going to be a Hall of Famer. Oh, I think like, this clinched it. <laughs> no, I'm serious. So what? Oh, I do too. Oh, really? Okay. I mean, I, I mean, I think so. I don't know. I'm not an yeah, expert on. Was a big deal. He has some good stats. Uh, just and if he had a better team, he would probably be better. But. He could kind of clinch it with keeping it going. He's only thirty three. Yeah, if he has a few more good he's years, he's gonna finish. He's gonna finish like in the top ten of passing. Like he's he's up there. But the game, like, did you have any thoughts on the game, Ryan? Just no, nah, it was a good game. I mean, Donald's a freaking beast, but Aaron Donald's a freak. The no look throw that oh Stafford had. Oh my god, that, that was, was nice. Like, like, I mean, it's one thing to do that like in week five, but like. That was the last drive of the yeah. Super Bowl. Uh, that was incredible. And and they yeah. needed it. But 
It was kind of a weird game because, like, the middle part, there wasn't a whole lot of action, a lot of kind of like three and outs. McVay you know, kept trying to run the ball, which never they worked. They could not run. No. Never worked. No. They could not No. Um, and there were some, you know, questionable calls. The the 75-yard touchdown non-PI was, was yeah, funny. Yeah, that was bad. And the very, end, the very end kind of turned into a flag fest. Some were debatable, but, you know, it was still fun to watch. It always is fun to watch. They let him play forever, and then at the end, they didn't. I, don't I mean, know, that defensive weird. holding kind of have... decided the game, right? Was that a is that what they, I mean, they didn't call PI? Yeah, the that was PI holding. That was borderline. It, it kind of you can't say it, but it kind of made up for the PI. But right. it was borderline. Yeah. That now you know our generation was obsessed with the halftime show. What did you guys think? Did I thought it was good? It. I thought it was pretty good too. Yeah. I was fan. But then, did you guys have any favorite commercials? I wasn't really paying attention too much. I like they brought back the E-Trade baby. That was good. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Any stood out to you? I liked uh, Larry David. Oh, yeah. yeah that one was That good. one was really was funny. Yeah. Um, Dr. Evil was back. Oh, yeah. That was good. They all looked yeah. about the same. Yeah, yeah they, they did. They yeah. did a good job. So there were some good ones. Okay, moving on. Nick Rodriguez podcast asks, when did you fall in love with college football? Nebraska OU in 2001. Mm, that was a great game. That was the moment. That I mean, was, yeah. you know, like it, it's the real big ga- first game that I remember. So, yeah, I mean, that's good sign. For those don't really remember, turned. it was one verse. It was one versus two. Yeah, one versus two and Nebraska won in a big, big time game. So, Trey, can you give the call of the uh, Mike Stunts uh, touchdown? <laughs> which call the uh, husker radio or the, <laughs> the uh, brett, Mu- brett musburger <laughs> either husker one radio. dealer's choice yeah no i yeah i'm not gonna if you don't i don't stunts, he's gonna throw it he's got a man downfield it is there you go Eric 15 10 5 touchdown <laughs> oh Yes. All right. I think that your yeah. audio, Ryan, which is just peaked. Like I don't know if anybody heard that, but oh. hopefully, <laughs> you know, Ryan went. Ryan got a little out of hand. No, but for me, this question it was in elementary school. Um, you remember when you had like a binder and you, you had the, the the I don't know if kids still have, I'm sure they still have binders and they had the the cover, the plastic cover, and you could stick something in like a pictures or whatever. Well, I used to print out the top twenty five poll and and put it in that uh, on the cover of my binder each week so i i loved it early on nice uh i was for me it was pretty late probably like 2004 uh so i was 15 and nebraska hired bill callahan which in hindsight worked out horribly but for me was exciting at the time and i got really into recruiting because nebraska's recruiting class that year was so it finished fifth in rival <laughs> rankings, crazy. Like, isn't that's that good. for Nebraska finishing fifth? Like that is Marlon Lucky and yeah, Marlon Lucky, Snoop. Harrison Beck at quarterback, uh, Chris Brooks Senior Snoop. receiver. And Zach, yeah. Zach Taylor ended up coming for. That's right, but yeah, and Dominican Sue was was we named a bunch of busts, but and Dominican Sue was of course the one that worked <laughs> yeah. out really well. But uh, but yeah, so it was it was around that time. Yep, you did. Oh, is what's next, guys? Am I next? What's next here? Look alive. Oh right? yeah, no, sorry, no, just. Car, uh, another question from uh, Carter Glenn Pilster. Sorry, I missed that. Are you? I think you peaked there again, Ryan. You're really yelling into the <laughs> Ryan is getting aggressive. Wow, really? Sorry. Okay, the next question comes from Carter <laughs> Glenn Pilster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what are each of the bros' favorite um, game time food slash snacks? For me, it's the the pigs in a blanket 
uh, I could probably eat about a hundred of those things in, if they're in front of me. The the little dog and a crescent roll. Oh my gosh! I don't yeah, even need to dip anything. Makes some quite tasty pigs in a blanket. Yes. She should make them when it's not football. Well, she does. I guess it's just in Fourth of July and stuff, huh? Yeah. Any excuse to make them? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Why don't you go to Ali to make them more? Ryan, <laughs> Ryan wants her to make make more pigs in a blanket. <laughs> get um, back in the kitchen. No, I I had pigs in a blanket on the list as well. Chips and dip is kind of a simple one, but that's always good. Salsa, guac, queso, bean dip, anything. Yeah, I I only put pigs in a blanket. Just that's all I want. It's okay. It's awesome. All right. Next one is from Aaron Chapman twelve. How do we fix the transfer portal, Michael? Okay, so I am I'm in favor of players being able to transfer wherever they want as long as they're not receiving the revenue that the sports the sport generates. Like I know there's some issues. Like I know a lot of times players enter the portal and don't find a home. So kind of like Trey was talking about with NIL, I think education would be good. Just letting players know you know that percentage of of players that that ultimately don't get a scholarship elsewhere but i also think just with pat you know as time passes the players will get better at it and they'll learn from maybe their predecessors mistakes so i that's i don't see as like a huge issue the problem i see with so many of the proposed solutions you know quote-unquote solutions to the portal is that most involve restricting players freedom in some in some way which it seems like now the ncaa and and universities are kind of reluctant to do because that they could be at risk of legal challenges. So um, I could see maybe like transfer windows. I think people have talked about that. Maybe a window of a few weeks after the season and after spring. It's a little restrictive, but not terribly so. So I could maybe see that happening sometime soon. But but yeah, I mean, ultimately, if you really want to, if your goal is to reduce the amount of movement from from players, then I think you have to you know, make them employees, you know, bargain with them over their share of the revenue, have them sign contracts that tie them to the school. But in order for them to sign those binding contracts, you got to be, I think, giving them uh, their fair share of the revenue. So that's, that's my answer. Yeah, I totally agree. If they're not getting paid for, by the school directly, then they have all the, they can go wherever the heck they want. Okay. I really have no problem with the free transfer thing. Me neither. All right. Next questions come from Samurai Zach, and his first question here is, realistic expectations for each new major Power 5 team? So yeah, I'm assuming he's talking about BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF going to the Big 12. Yeah, and those teams are, you know, there's some good programs there. Um, I think BYU and Houston uh, in particular won't really have any problem when they join. I mean, especially since OU and Texas will be out. Um, so there's not going to be anybody that they can't handle, at least like, you know, on par with, there's a lot of teams they'll be better with than right now. Um, including their basketball team. What's, what, what was, where's the disrespect for Cincinnati and UCF? What, why, why? They're coming. They're coming. I just think, I I just think that, and I know this is football, but I'm kind of including basketball a little bit on this too. And kind of long-term, but BYU has consistently got a good program. Um, Houston, I think they've got a good, a good kind of good setup there. They've done well for a while. UCF is the one where I think they're probably in the lowest of the totem pole. Uh, I think they're still, you know, have the less amount of the least amount of proven history uh, in my eyes. I think it could be a little bit take them a little bit while longer to kind of navigate the waters, but none of them are going to be bad like at all. They're they're competitive teams right now, so and it's not like the Big Twelve is going to be anything that can't handle. So 
they're going to come in and, you know, expect one of them to win the conference title within a few years. I, so I, I agree. I think all of them can have success. It's funny, though, the way you look at it, because I think if I was looking at those four, BYU, to me, I think their ceiling is maybe the lowest, but they have the highest floor. Like, they yeah. are a stable, solid sense. program. Cincinnati, they can pretty much always be solid because of the talent in Ohio. I just don't know how much better they can really get than they are, like, right now. Um, and Houston and UCF, like, I'm not saying they're they're going to be gangbusters, but I think they have the most potential to get better than they are. Um, UCF's a newer program. Their style, it could help them become a Florida player. And, like, most of our listeners don't really know, but, like, but Florida State and Miami, they weren't anything until the 80s and 90s. So I think there's enough talent in Florida to maybe UCF, maybe they can increase their stature. And same with Texas and, and Houston. So, yeah, you know, we saw TCU get good in recent years. So, yeah, overall, I think, I'd say they'd all be around top 25. I put these four schools as, you know, kind of upper half Big 12 schools. But the thing is, this is hard to answer because the Big 12, as it looks right now, is going to be one of the most balanced conferences you can imagine because oklahoma state baylor tcu texas tech kansas state west virginia even iowa state with matt campbell it would not surprise anybody if any of those teams in a given year won the big 12 or was in the big 12 championship so it's it's just a lot of balance it's just going to depend on there's no ou or texas like it's just it's just it's just who's going to be cycling up at any given time is going to be who wins the conference so I, i don't think there's um, maybe there's the potential for one of these teams to become dominant, like maybe a Houston or UCF because of the recruiting base. But then, I mean, Baylor's got that recruiting base too in Texas. So yeah, it's um, and Texas Tech. It's going to be a fun conference. Yeah, yeah. That's I, that's. What I just I don't ever see UCF or Houston maybe like dominating. I mean, they yeah they're I could got no, good recruiting could. bases, but it's like there's UCF's got to compete with Florida. <laughs> they got to compete with Bama for schools, Georgia. Like you know, it's <laughs> no yeah. doubt. So, you know, it's they're all relatively equal. I think you agree. I think it's going to be a fun conference. All right. Uh, his next question, Samurai Zach says, why did my wife leave me? <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Maybe. She, uh, she didn't want to. She didn't want a samurai. She wanted a king. Oh, maybe it's because you, you uh, kept insisting that she make um, uh, pigs in a blanket every day. That could, <laughs> I don't know if you did that. That was probably an issue. Uh, yeah. yeah. Maybe, maybe a little too much college football, bros. Ooh, no, no such thing. No, no, no such thing. No. <laughs> All right, moving All on. All right, Trey, what's next? Yeah, this one's from DK. He's actually got a couple, but the first is the best value pick for the Heisman. I, in years past, he, he said he thought he saw Bryce Young as low as or as high as fourteen to one. Uh, what what about for twenty twenty two? Well, can it allow me to to brag for a second? I I did have Bryce Young early last offseason, not at fourteen to one. I saw him at twelve to one, so I I cashed that. But um, let's see. I this year I I like Hendon Hooker. We talked about this in in the Patreon Discord. Subscribe to that patreon.com slash college football bros. Um, but yeah, we were talking about this, and Hendon Hooker came up. I I think he's going to have a huge year last year he had 36 total touchdowns almost 10 yards per pass attempt only three picks he's a good runner um, and Tennessee is ninth in the early 2022 SP plus rating so if they can actually live up to that which I don't know that's that's a pretty high bar but uh pretty lofty yeah, yeah he's then he's got a shot and here's the thing his odds are 60 to 1 so it's not like whoa it's I'm yep. willing to take a flyer on that 
Hooker was on my list too. I think he's definitely one you have to you would have to bet if you're going to take some of these. Um, it's I not going to be Jackson, sixty to one like in a few months. Nah, I really don't think. No, nah, I would be surprised. Jackson Smith and Jigba, I had. Um, you know, with no Olave or Wilson back, he's clearly the number one. And even when he was the only number one, he dominated with, yeah. <laughs> without those two. So I think he could keep it going. He's fifty to one right now, which is tied for about like the twenty first kind of overall spot. So I think you get a little value with him and. I also like Jackson Dart. He's 25 to 1. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Matt Corral, had he been healthier, I think he could have maybe been up there. So I think with the Ole Miss offense, you're going to have some opportunities. But um, those are a couple other guys I would consider. All right. And then DK's second question was, the wor- what's the worst team that Nick Saban could win a national title with within three years? This is a tough question to answer because it, it comes down to – could he win it's just it's a it's a for me it's a sliding scale of likelihood there's no kind of binary he could do it here couldn't do it there um like even vanderbilt he could win it maybe it's like one in five thousand or something but it's not zero with the with the transfer portal you know but uh but like i said it's extremely extremely low there Um, greater than five (laughs) percent greater than five percent well how about this so i I don't think you have to go too far down the list where it's it's very unlikely. Like he's he's a great coach. He's not God, you know. Like he's yeah. even even with pulling in number one class after number one class, and he's got it rolling at Alabama. They've won one in the past four years, which is great, which is fine. But just shows you it's not like even at Alabama, it's not super easy. He's um, so I would I said I picked out Oregon, and I said I feel like he'd have like a twenty percent chance of winning a title within three years there. Okay. So okay. that's, I, yeah. I was kind of considering some of the down powers, you know, like Texas, how long could it take? I think he oh, could, well, yeah, he could easily, sure. he could do it within three yeah. years. I would, I know, I I'd know. put it over I, I 20% Oregon there. Oregon would be tough. I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I'm not seeing Oregon really. Um, Miami, you know, they're kind of, a, they're a little further down, but they got, they have some talent to work with. Mario Cristobal could do it. Mario Cristobal could do it. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, Nebraska? No, no chance. Sorry. <laughs> no chance? <laughs> very little I, chance I, I you know yeah to win a title that's different level i i looked at the 2021 team talent composite and i i feel like the lowest i could go personally was to about number 20 and that was at florida state like because i that just seems like under 20 like there's a lot you have to there's a big gap between the talent of mm-hmm. 20 and then someone that's in the playoffs so he could convert that but i don't think any lower than 20 in my opinion i want to see this happen i want to just see him go like vanderbilt i brought up vanderbilt how always, good would they I've be i've always thought about yeah i haven't thought about national title good i've just thought about like any mac team like could urban meyer nick saban any of these guys like how good could they make them be that's right. i've always thought about that yeah like Where why would, not okay <laughs> let's well, say let's say right now nick saban decides he's going back to toledo right he used to coach there and uh what would his recruiting class ranking be? How about that for for this the twenty twenty three cycle? Ooh, yeah, like I'll put the over under like, at. I don't even know where to put this. Uh, Sixty? Like, no, no, know. better than that. Come on, he'd be better than that. I was going to say I like thirty-five. I would go. I go better than classes. I, I was going to put it at like thirty or twenty-five or something, but I'd go. Okay, I'd go under. Okay. It's to, the max does not. Get okay, good but classes. he's going to do better than sixty, man. Come well, on, like, never you've know. got a guy like oh, you, you know, on, okay, you're wrong. I can go to Nick. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Hey. I mean, yeah. no, I would do it, Nick. <laughs> Toledo themselves, they're going to be SP plus. They're like number 51 preseason. That's just team strength. I'm talking about recruiting. I know, but I don't know. I, I'd put them higher than 60. Let's put it that way. All right, that'll do it for this episode of the College Football Bros. Be sure to give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify if you haven't already. And remember, we're going to do another mailbag episode uh, in a few weeks. So if your question wasn't already answered, we'll probably get to it there. And uh, other than that, we'll talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. Keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.